Hello, hello, hello. Hey. Hi. Welcome to another episode of Pride the Podcast. My name is Jarrell Anthony. I'm Adam Andrew Rios. I'm Ashley Mitchell. And I'm Braden Bradley, and I wish we could be coming to you at better times. Yeah. <sighs> How's everyone doing? How's everyone? I mean, that's kind of a loaded question. Mm-hmm. We're fighting a virus <laughs> and we're fighting a race war, but... Um, mm-hmm. Adam, how are you? And oh, yeah, we're in a recession. Oh, 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 oh that too. Right. Don't forget, like, how what is it up to? Like, 40 million people uh, applied for unemployment. 100,000 people are now dead from corona. And the guy in the White House turned the lights out like he wasn't home. Like, bye. <laughs> Bunker boy. I mean, very good news. You got unemployment. Oh, right. Oh, great. No, I think I updated. Mm-hmm. No, I didn't. We didn't have an episode last week, so. Oh. No, I think I did. No. But anyway, if you if I, <laughs> I, I didn't, to my listeners, good update. I did receive my unemployment. Also, though, they like so Darrell had reached out to them via uh, Twitter DM and was like, <laughs> "I cuss everybody. I need y'all to help my friend. <laughs> he says, Please this. help my friend. Tell me why they they called me about like." Three or four days ago, at like 9 a.m., we're like, hi, we're looking for Darrell Anthony. I said, oh, on, on this number? Wh- what does this pertain to, sir? He was like, we're the unemployment office. Um, he said he's not getting paid. I was like, oh, no, 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 no. He reached out on my behalf. Um, but, yes, you have the correct person, and I actually am getting paid now. Thank you so much. I wonder <laughs> what's the social news, because you, you got into the Twitter DMs. Maybe that? spark something it did yeah. he was like i'm from like the press office of oh, the yeah. so I, I had no time to play because adam was in su- my friend was in such a place yeah. and i said i can't have it so i, cu- <laughs> I cussed i went i cussed the press office out i cussed the media people out i left a message at the governor's office we were cussing people out that never do it they were like i'm so sorry that this is happening but you got the wrong department i said well you can get it to the right one. right so, and that's what they did they did violence just violence is violent right violence is violent <laughs> huh. you better speak up that's Tuck. true. That's true. Um, Brayden, how are you doing? <laughs> um, it's weird. I mean, literally, my mood has shifted significantly. Yes, I'm still on my meds, but <laughs> like with over the past, obviously seven days, but even the past like forty eight hours, I've just I've I've cried for four days. Same-ness. Like, Same. Like, I've been, I, I watch the, it's part of my job to watch the news. I watch the news all day, and I can't, like. That's not healthy, I think. It's do you not. take breaks? Do you take, like, mental breaks? You have to. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's part of my job, and I'm, I love the news, and I'm obsessed with. Right. And, the, and, and, like, change for better. So, like, I want to be informed and involved. Mm-hmm. So, I don't know. I mean, last night I turned off the news at about 8 p.m. And today, I was, on, I was on calls all day, so I didn't turn it on until 6.30. And then I just turned it off, like, right before we got on. So, like, four hours, three hours today. I don't know. It's just, <laughs> anyway, it's... It's hard. Oh, yeah. It's like, um, I'm constantly on Twitter. I go between like Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Like, mm-hmm. who am I going to fight with today? Mm-hmm. I know. And it just gets to a point where it's like, I can't, I can't 
like read or watch anything like right now. I know. It's just so yeah. heartbreaking and depressing. Yeah. Have y'all been thinking about going out and like being part of the protests? Yeah, yes. I thought about it, um, but um, our knees don't work. We're a little old. <laughs> um, I'm nervous if I run out of water. Not an excuse. No, it's not. No, I do want to go. I want to make sure that I am definitely a part of. Uh, the part of the peaceful protesting. Um, but again, at the same time, I want to fight because I think that we have to be on the front lines for this. Mm-hmm. I think what's going on right now is just, it, it involves all of us. Mm-hmm. And in order to make exact change, change we, we have to do something. And, you know, shifting over to my tag team partner, Ashley Mitchell, <laughs> because we've been tag team and racist on Facebook for the past, I don't um, know, week. Yeah. So, we, 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 and, and, and just for our listeners out there, Ashley does not do this. She does not get under comments. I, I don't but know. she had time, no watch, but time the other day. So, Ashley, how are you doing? I am, today was a better day. I'll say that. Um, Yesterday, I was not doing well. Definitely had an actual, like, breakdown. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, I've been watching my friend's uh, baby. She's an essential, essential worker, and I've been babysitting for her. So I, I wasn't um, here with you guys last night. But I text y'all, and as I was texting you, I, I realized <clears throat> that I have just been triggered from all the racism that I've endured my whole life. And it was just all coming to head. And I, you know, I haven't been sleeping for the past week, like at all. Like the first night that it happened, I literally stayed up all night. The next night, I think I got like three hours of sleep, two hours, four hours. I haven't slept more than four hours in over a week. And um, it's hard I, to sleep. It's very, it's really hard to sleep. And I wasn't connecting the dots. Like I was up, you know, that night when we were tag teaming on Facebook and just up and like, it didn't click until last night. It's just like, I'm crying every day. I'm not really a big crier unless I'm like watching a movie, but like in real life, I'm not a big crier. I can't sleep. And it just last night, it was just like, you're, it's like, I'm having PTSD and I just started crying and just thinking about all the stuff that I've endured and it's just very emotionally draining and you know I had to take a moment and just cry it out like a real big cry Mm -hmm. and um you know today was a better day and um you know with blackout Tuesday that happened yesterday uh that though there was confusion I think by the end of the day we got it together and that that definitely helped But yeah, I'm just, you know, trying to make it through. It's it's rough, it's tough. Take it day by day. Day what by day. You, Me, I mean, I've um, thought about going out and like, I want to join a peaceful protest and this and that. Yeah. I have a record, so <laughs> I don't know if that's the greatest <laughs> idea. But so yeah. I, 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 I've donated. You yeah. sure did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a lot, but it's... It's you know, something. Who did, you, who did you donate to? The uh, plug. Oh, what the hell is it called? The Minneapolis. Um, because I I saw you donate it, and then I wanted to donate, but for some reason it wasn't working. Like it was like we are not accepting donations or something. Maybe I mean, hopefully, uh, I'm getting a lot of people at once. So maybe the site crashed or something. Yeah. Crashed. So I'm gonna try again um later, but 
I, I donated to the Minnesota Freedom Fund, mm -hmm. and basically they um, take care of people's bail, like when they're, they're arrested for like looting. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because that kind of <laughs> <laughs> touched home for you, right? Because well, not you know the the times I was arrested, I didn't have bail, but I would you know, would love if that were a, you know a thing. So we're thing. Also donating to the Biden campaign because we have got to get this evil piece of shit um, yeah so listeners if you're not registered to vote <laughs> register if your family's not registered get out and get registered um i think there could be oh um yeah you just got to get out there get your family registered friends family mm -hmm. whoever your neighbors and speaking to <clears throat> a lot of the people out there who may be torn again, and this feels more like a repeat of 2016 where they're like, oh, we yeah. have this, this and this. I want you to take a moment <laughs> to realize where we're at. Um, the current person, I can't call him a president because he turned the lights out and hid in a bunker. Um, so the person who's sitting downstairs, uh, oh, and he, he's not a leader. We need a leader. Um, I know for a lot of people out there that Joe Biden was not your first choice, just to be honest. I know that there- He wasn't my first choice. He, he wasn't, wasn't, my first he wasn't choice a lot either. of people's first choice. A lot of people, first of all, a lot of people wanted Obama to rerun, let's just be honest. <laughs> I but wish. since our you know, world is fucked up and that can't happen, um, you know, a lot of people wanted Bernie. What we have to do now is we do have to rally behind the candidate who we think can make change that is different from the current person who's in the White House. Mm -hmm. So I implore everyone, I, I know that there's a lot of progressives, a lot of people who have issues with Joe Biden, but please, it's either we get Joe Biden and we know that he's going to surround himself with people who are both progressive and people who are liberal and people who are Republican even who have a lot of sense. Mm -hmm. Because I do think the best type of government to run this world is a mixed one. One that can do for everybody because that's what they're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. um, however, if we have another four years of the current monster who is inhabiting the seat that he should not inhabit, then what's happening now is only going to get worse. So please, as mm -hmm. Adam said, go out and vote. Find your local booth. Mm -hmm. Please do that. Yeah, and we posted on our social media um, what days each state is supposed to vote. So in make sure. Primary. Yeah, in the primary. So please make sure you guys pay attention to that because it's very important. Our lives depend on it. Literally, like, and even literally. Biden is just in office for the next four years just mm -hmm. to get the full out. We can vote somebody new in. Yeah. Time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like there's there's no clear choice. Biden's just a filler queen. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he 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 will fill the quick. He'll fill the spot, and then we'll deal with it. We. Uh, we can't see any more lives lost. We can't see any more people scared. We are all currently going through, on, on Tuesday there was a curfew in New York City for 8 p.m. Um, <clears throat> Monday there was a curfew for 11 p.m. Um, you know, d the curfews are getting worse. And so, they keep changing it. Like, you know, I tried to go to the grocery store at mm -hmm. 7.50 and they're like, nope. But I'm like, yo, can I get a jug? Literally, I went in there to get a jug of water. Your grocery store babe wouldn't let you in? I, wow, saw, I saw him, and I was just like, grocery store babe, hey, it's me. But he didn't see me. All of our <laughs> listeners actually does have a grocery store base, so in the midst of these times, she might find a man. Um, <laughs> God willing. God willing. <laughs> LA is a lot worse, though, uh, with their restrictions. Uh, restrictions. It's like six, and right? Six, and four. Uh, six and four. Yeah, it's like 4 p.m., 6 p.m. 
Um, and they keep always sending them out like 30 minutes before it's supposed to happen. So it's like anybody caught outside, yeah. they're going to get got. That happens a day. I have a, view, I have a view that I am thankful for the curfew because everybody's going to go home and not be hurt by the cops not the looters. The cops are the people that are going to be hurting you. I mean, yeah, I hear that. It's just, you know, where where was this curfew when those uh, white supremacists were right. pro- <laughs> protesting right. for uh, nail shops and restaurants to be open so they could be serviced? Let that be clear that, like, these people wanted places to open up so they could There was the National Guard in the Michigan Senate, in the Michigan, like, Capitol mm-hmm. House. Where was the National oh. Guard? And I noticed that homeboys weren't even wearing masks or helmets. Mm-mm. I mean, they may have had like a little like surgical mask, but there were no helmets. Like, you know what? These militarized police that. officers are mm-hmm. scary. We're under martial law. <laughs> I said it. I said it on my face. You did. And everybody was like, this is sensationalism. You're crazy. You're, you're out of control. I was like, okay, yeah, it's a little. Okay, obviously, we're like, I was in you a know, panic. hyping. But. <laughs> Adam was in a panic. Adam was like, you hear the trucks, they coming for us. <laughs> go to your room. If he plays the Purge song I, one more time, I'm going to kill Adam. I, <laughs> Literally. Adam, you're trying I, to give us high. We're on high alert. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on the edge of my bed. Like, I'm on the edge of this chair. But I definitely want to talk about um, what's going on in Los Angeles, especially, which today we have a really, really special guest yes. coming up, um, Mary Amika Day. She is our writer, our producer who's coming in with Pride the Series. She has her own show, uh, podcast, please listen to it, North, North of 40. 40. Um, she's an amazing, amazing ally she for us just, on our show. She was just on This Is Us. Yes, yeah, she was which also is an amazing show. You should definitely check that mm-hmm. out to see the relationship between Randall being black and then his mother played by Mandy Moore being white and that situation is so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Such a beautiful story. So we're very excited to hear from Miriam and what's going on in her area, which is in West Hollywood. And we'll be back right after this. All right, welcome back. Thank you so much, Miriam Day, for joining us. We have her in the house today. Everyone say hello to Miriam. Hi, Miriam. Thanks for coming. Miriam is an actor, a writer, and a host of North of 40 podcast. Miriam, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me on. Thank you so much for being here. I know everything is a little bit crazy. You're in Los Angeles, correct? I am. In fact, I'm in West Hollywood. Um, As a matter of fact, we are right on the corner of Sunset and Crescent Heights, right in the heart of Hollywood, West Hollywood. So, That's amazing. I I want to go back there. (laughs) We can't come there, of course, because as everyone out there knows, we are in quarantine. So how has quarantine been treating you, Miriam? You know, quarantine has been a little challenging, I have to admit. I am quarantined with my five-year-old little girl. She just turned five last week. And so she's been Uh home with me for two months. So it's been hard for her not being able to see her friends, interact with her friends. So that's been an adjustment. For me, on a personal level, it's been really great. I've been working a lot, but trying to split time with work and mommy time and then homeschooling has been a bit of a challenge. But we're getting through it. We're getting through it. What challenges have you found in homeschooling that's a little bit different? I know that I've heard from a lot of parents across the world that they're like, we now realize even now more than ever to thank our teachers and everything that they do. So what challenges have you found? I think the most thing, the thing that's most challenging for us is that my daughter just doesn't want to do the video conferencing with her her other school 
uh, uh-huh. classmates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. She doesn't want to get on a computer. She doesn't want to see the kids in the computers, how she puts it. So oh. a lot of work has been on me. They will send home like care packages of art stuff. And so we will uh-huh. put art together and build things and stuff. So I've been really having to tap into my Martha Stewart yes Bob Vila, you know, and like right. the birdhouse. Like that's not my thing, but we're doing it, you know. So <laughs> I think that's been one of the main things I would say that's allowing me to really see the value of some of our teachers um, and really putting emphasis on the idea of learning in a classroom, you mm-hmm. know, and having that social interaction. And, and those are the things that these kids need, particularly at her age. Yeah, I mean, having a little girl in the world is very tough. And I think with everything that's going on today, leading into my first really big question for you, it's tough to have a little girl in the world, but especially a little black girl. With everything that you're seeing on the news and the media, what conversations have you had with her? What conversations do you plan on having with her about everything that's going on right now? Mm -hmm. Well, you know, I have to start with the conversations I'm having with myself. Yeah. Um, the truth is, as a black child growing up in Harlem, I didn't have a lot of in- situations where racism was immediately in my face because I was surrounded by a community of black people. Mm-hmm. Now, growing her up in a community in West Hollywood, primarily uh, non-African American, uh, moreover, it's been a community of um, gay people, and I'm an ally to gay people, as you guys know. Um, So she doesn't really see a lot of Black children in our neighborhood. Um, And so now that we're having this experience, it's been one of those things where I'm trying to shield her, to be honest. She's Mm -hmm. just turned five. So she doesn't really understand race right now. Mm -hmm. What she does understand is violence. And so what you see on TV, what they are highlighting is not so much the protesters who are making a stand against something that that is very personal um, to them, but more about the writing and mm-hmm. looting and all those kinds of things. So what I'm trying to do is create a conversation around what happens when you're forced to make a stand or you're forced to kind of like use your voice to stand up against something that you kind of, that you don't agree with. So we've been having gentle conversations. Yeah. And I'm hoping that as she gets older, we will have the more heavy conversations because those are absolutely needed in this time right now. Yes. Right. Mm-hmm. And as all of you out there listening, Miriam definitely is an ally. She's one of the writers for Pride the Series. One thing I forgot to mention at the beginning, um, she's taking our show to new heights and we're so happy to have her on board for that. Um, you talked about the protest and everything that's going on and how you're trying to shield your daughter from that. In your area, I know that the protest, especially in West Hollywood, has been really, really amped in the past few days. What have you seen in those protests? And, and what would you say to anyone who is seeing things on the news that might just believe that as opposed to someone who's on the ground? What do you have to say to those people? Mm-hmm. Thank you for asking me that question. And that's a very important question because protesters were outside of my house yesterday on the corner in front of my block, on my block, as mm-hmm. a matter of fact. And what I saw were people who were peacefully protesting Um, the killing, essentially the murder of George Floyd. And one of the things that really struck me was that right outside on the corner, the LA police commissioner took a knee with the people in the neighborhood who were protesting. And that to me was the thing that really struck me because 
it's not everything that you see on television. It's right. not all them against us. I think it's everyone against racism. That's what I saw yesterday. And that mm -hmm. was the thing that really moved me to tears. Mm -hmm. Now, once curfew happens, because we are in curfew, curfew starts about 4, sometimes 6 p.m. here in Los Angeles. Mm -hmm. oh, wow. Things happen. And I don't think that those people who are a part of the earlier days movement, possibly BLM, are the same people who are doing the agitation, who are doing the looting. If mm -hmm. I were to guess, they're two separate groups. And those people have a very different agenda. But mm -hmm. what I saw yesterday in the protests in West Hollywood was peace, it was love, and I think they were all kind of working toward the same goal. So. Yeah, and it's crazy. Like, perception is everything. Like, what we're seeing is mm -hmm. all the looting and the fires and all of that, which is important to show. But it's like, I, like you said, I think there are two different groups. Like, there are the peaceful protesters, and then there are the people that... Um, I think take advantage. Yes, they're like, oh, looting? I actually don't care about the movement, but I would love to go and, like, wreck shit. Fuck shit up. Yeah, yeah and light up a police car and mm -hmm. push my agenda forward, and I don't care what happens in the wake of that, and that's just the spoils of war. And that's, you know, pretty much what, you know, you see. It's a real dichotomy, I'm finding, and mm -hmm. it's up to us and doing these types of shows to really put out there some some of the real truths about what we what we're seeing on the media and in the news. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, we definitely saw something um, on the news in regards to you were talking about people taking this opportunity to take advantage of the situation. Um, YouTuber star Jake Paul was running in vans and 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 trying to steal vans to go sell and and do something with. So mm -hmm. there are people out there that are taking advantage, and I definitely want our listeners to really look at all aspects of the news and everything that you see coming in. Because I think so many times we stick to one channel of news information, and that's what we believe. And I think that there's so many different areas of what's going on right mm -hmm. now that definitely need to be taken. Because we don't need to lose uh, position of what's happening. And for everyone out there, um, you know, on Tuesday, we definitely did the uh, Blackout Tuesday. Mm -hmm. um, so that was very important for us on Tuesday. Um, so please continue to educate yourselves. And Miriam, thank you for that. Tuesday, June 2nd, just to put out there, June Tuesday, 2nd, June yeah. 2nd, for those people. Yeah. Who don't know. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. yeah. Yes. One thing I have noticed is um, a lot of these influencers are going around town and are just like posing and staging scenarios mm -hmm. for clout and for likes. And it's just like, come <laughs> on, like we don't have well, time for this. Taking note from uh, that homeboy yeah. who poses in front of a church that he doesn't go to with a book he don't read. Right. That's turned upside down and backwards. Right, because people are always going to take an opportunity, right? They're always going to figure out a way to monetize their thing because, you know, we all live in a social media age and it's unfortunate that they're not using their powers for good. You know, it's one right. thing to post about what's really going on and really shed some light and educate people. It's another thing when you use it for likes and try to monetize for their own whatever, whatever reason that they're doing it for. So Right. Yeah. But speaking of also, um, I've seen a lot of people like, I'll post an article here and there or anything like that. And then I always get somebody back from Texas that is like, well, all lives matter, you know. What do you say to people who like maybe bring that to you or you see anything like that? Do you step in? Do you like what is your reaction to that? Well, you know, the first thing I do to when I hear someone say or read it, I just take a moment and I just take a breath. Because if I do my immediate reaction, I would probably end up in the jail or under the jail. 
thing that people don't understand. I think the thing that people don't understand is that Black Lives Matter comes from the idea that over 400 plus years of oppression has led up to this moment where we're at the precipice of explosion. Mm-hmm. African-American people have built this country. Mm-hmm. African-American people have built the walls and the floors and the things that you walk upon. And never have we ever been seen as equal. Never have we ever been seen as people worthy of having the same rights just because of our skin color. So it's not a matter of all lives matter because it's not. It's about these specific groups of people because this specific groups of people are going through their Holocaust today in 2020, mm-hmm. all the way back 400 years. It never stopped for us. It never stops. Never. And until we change the way that we see what that means, it will always be to me, Black Lives Matter. Because as you can see with George Floyd in front of millions of people, and I say millions because he was being recorded, people were standing there. There was an audience already built in. This cop, who's, who I will never say his name because I'm never going to give him any kind of credence or audience, put his knee on this person's neck because his life to him didn't matter. So that's why you have to be very specific about the understanding and the explanation as to what it means when we say Black Lives Matter. Because for so many years, even today, to some people, it still doesn't. And that's the bottom line. Yeah. It's <sighs> yeah. That I wanted to add to your um, point about the one cop who we're not going to mention his name who killed him or whatever. There were three other cops there too, and that one cop was charged with murder, third degree murder, and those three other cops who contributed equally to his death should be charged as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's another point that I wanted to make too. And a lot of the news attention is going to that too. There wasn't one man that killed George Floyd. There was four. Mm -hmm. I want to clarify that because I think that there is something that we need to really become clear about. To me, that person used his physical body Mm -hmm. to kill this man. I think the other cops are complicit because they stood by and let it happen. Mm-hmm. There are so many people who just stand by and let crime after crime after crime occur and don't do anything. And they're just as and they're just as uh, culpable. Bless it. Yeah. So yeah. So when we talk about this cop and we talk about the subsequent cops and we talk about the person occupying the white house and we talk about the other people who are a part of this problem this systematic problem we have to be very clear and diligent in terms of holding them all accountable Mm -hmm. you know um and i feel like until we're able to do that until we start with the one that trickles down to the rest I think we still have to start with the one and make it trickle down to the rest. And third degree murder as a charge is a joke. And I'm hoping that that gets corrected and rectified at some point very, very Absolutely. soon. Absolutely. Yeah. I saw somewhere that it had right, been trumped mm-hmm. up. <laughs> it had been trumped up to first degree, but I don't know if, you know, 
that was 100 you saw right. that i did see that but i don't know yeah it's like i'm i'm good I, I, I think as a result of the fact that there was an independent autopsy report that proved that he was asphyxiated and so now there's proof that he was murdered Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's a homicide. Family it's considered lawyer. a homicide now. Yeah. The family lawyers had the independent autopsy aside from the the government's autopsy. Right. Which it's like we didn't need that. We all saw the video. We all saw it, but I'm really <laughs> I'm really glad that the family did that. Yeah. There's so many times where our justice system has failed us, not only as Americans, but also as black people. And so for me having the family say, you know what, regardless of what you get in your autopsy, I'm gonna go ahead and check on this myself because we already know and we already saw the protections being put in place for that man who killed George Floyd. So I'm really happy that the family took that opportunity to say, hey, you know what? I already see this could get messy. I already see how y'all are trying to protect y'all own. So let me protect our own. Mm-hmm. And I really like that they were able to to do that and, and find out. And it's just so heartbreaking. And in between that, we've had more deaths happen, um, particularly in the black trans community as well. Um, and, and those deaths, unfortunately, hasn't been able to been talked about because, you know, we've been dealing with this. But again, like you said, Miriam, one thing at a time, because if we can handle this, this can kind of take care of everything because we've lost Breonna Taylor, you know, so Trayvon Martin, so many people to this, so many people. So I, 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 and I think it's up to us to, yeah, go ahead. And I think it's up to us to also talk about those trans people that we have lost Mm -hmm. and all the people that we have lost, because to me, you know, it's like, it's like going black dark today. Right and giving opportunity to amplify the things that really make the most sense and amplify the things that we really need to be uh, putting our focus to. And if it's not us, who's gonna do it? If right. it's not us, when is it, when is it gonna happen? You know, these <laughs> trans lives matter just as much as black lives matter, or even more so, like we need to be speaking their names, saying their names and calling out the accusers, period. Yeah. yeah, point blank. I, I told Ashley today, I think it's, I think this happened for a reason for what's going on now to have happened during Pride Month, because now we are going to be taking pride in Black lives and mm-hmm. in those Black queer lives who started the Pride movement. And so, so it's kind of all wrapping together. Mm-hmm. And I hate that it had to happen this way, but the only way for change is for it to happen. Yeah. Yeah. You That's know, someone good. made the, um, the correlation to, um, uh, Stonewall the other day with me and what's going on right now. And I was like, you're right. Police brutality. That's the through line, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah. when, at what point, when are we going to defund the police department, the police system, defund <laughs> the systematic racism in this country? When are we <laughs> going to cheat? Because the thing about it is, we're never going to win playing their game. We're never going to win playing their game. We have to be able to get outside of the system, yep. Yep. create our own way of movement. Because the truth is, they lucky black people, trans people, people who have been disenfranchised ain't asking for, like, revenge. Hello. Yes. For that. Exactly. Okay? We, we just want justice. We're not asking for eye for an eye. We just want equality. <laughs> equality. Want justice. If we you're going to bring up that things. Bible and take a picture with it, then you need to read it. An eye for an eye. <laughs> yes. Listen, we just want the, listen, we just want the things that were divine to us in the Constitution. Exactly. That's the bare minimum. Exactly. Okay? So they lucky we only asking for that. 
That's very true. And I was just about to ask you how you feel about uh, the concept, the idea of defunding the police and just doing a complete reform. Um, you know, I think obviously there has to be some kind of system, but like the way that the police are now, it's not doing us any good. Like they're not serving and protecting. And there may be, of course, like few good cops, but overall the whole thing is corrupt and it's not serving and not just black people, just like the police are very corrupt and it needs to be changed. And I hope that we are on the precipice of that happening. Cause like you said, we can't win. Well, you, just said it. Mm -hmm. you just said it, the perfect word, it's corrupt. There is no checks and balances. Mm -hmm. The way that these systems are set up, they have unions, they have all kinds of in, um, uh, internal affairs, which protects them from actually being able to be prosecuted. Mm -hmm. I think I, now I've heard, now I could be wrong, so I don't want your, your listeners to come back and you know vilify me, but I, it's my understanding that the reason why they took so long to even give him a third degree charge was because they were trying to figure out a way to make sure that the charges that they did have against him would stick because mm -hmm. they have such a strong police union that is very hard to prosecute officers when things like this come up right mm -hmm. so that's we really need to be able to they, i was i was just gonna say that's really funny because they did the same thing they were imp impeaching trump mm -hmm. we're not they were saying we're not going to say are not gonna charge him with what he's actually done wrong, but we're gonna charge him with the two charges that they cannot argue against. But they're not exactly. Mm -hmm. yeah. Right, because it's very hard to go after them in a way that we, the community, the public want to see. So I'm 100% behind it. And yeah. I think that we should educate ourselves around what that really looks like. Um, because there's no way for us, the system is not set up for us to win. Think about it. It's just like plantation, right? We got the slaves, we got the overseer, and we got the master. Okay? Yeah. So the overseer is our police force and those who are working in that kind of level of, um, you know, uh, I was almost started to say security, but just in that level of law enforcement, right? Mm -hmm. And we have to be able to see ourselves in a way and create this analogy of, okay, that system didn't work back then for people of color. Now let's figure out a way for us to be able to work in a system that is beneficial to all. Right, exactly. I was saying the other day, like, I don't know how I expect us to win when this whole game is rigged against us. Like we yeah. can't, me and my brother were having a conversation and with, you know, um, where he works, he's always questioned and is always like, Oh, uh, what what does this brown man know? Like, what? Who are you? Who are like? Oh, right. I need to speak to a manager. Situation. It's like, no, you're gonna speak to me because that's it. There ain't nobody else here. And it's like we gotta oh. work twice as hard mm -hmm. to get half. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. so Amy, Amy yeah. Cooper, that's an Amy Cooper situation. We talk about Amy Cooper. No. Look, yes, I, I can't with these like constant like well, why are you here well what are you doing right. it's like who are you to question me why are you here right <laughs> I don't have to answer to you Ooh, I'm a citizen in America and I have a right to do whatever I want as long as it's not illegal right. so even if it is illegal way. you can't prosecute I mean, me she was the one breaking the rules because exactly. actually in Central Park just for our listeners out there that might not know the story in Central Park the part where she was at there's actually a sign that says all dogs must be kept on a leash mm -hmm. if you would like to take your dog off the leash you do have to cross back to the other side of the park and so she was actually 
the one breaking the rules. Yeah. And I think the bigger question, because he's been on a lot of interviews and he's talked to a lot of people lately, the bigger question is, why was her first defense to say, I'm going to call the cops and say an African-American man is threatening me? Because she knew. Because she, because knew. she knew. And that goes back to your question mm-hmm. about reform of, of the police. It's yeah. like, w- something has to happen because if she knew that that was going to be her safety net and that they would believe her, mm-hmm. that's a problem. Mm-hmm. That leads but I'm going to take it a question. step further. I'm going to okay. take it a step further. Go ahead. Yes. She is a white woman, mm-hmm. a liberal she donated to Obama's campaign. And from a person on paper, she looks like she's one of us. She looks like she's an ally. Wow. And those are the ones who are the most dangerous because those are the ones who are walking around who are racist. Mm-hmm. And they go home and behind closed doors, they show who they really are. And that made me think about, wow, I need to be on a full alert because my circle is not what I think my circle really is. <laughs> That, to me, was the most revealing thing about that experience. <laughs> yeah. So, coming off of that question, uh, or that answer, Miriam, I have a question for you, being a white ally for people of color. Um, and this is really personal, so apologies if I start to tear up. Uh, do you, there's, this, is a, this is a loaded question. There's a lots of parts to it. Do you believe that there are white allies out there for POC? And if you do believe that, what can those white people do to help those black brothers and sisters? Um, and then I, I'll answer my next part after, or I'll ask my next part after you answer this question. That's a great question. And I think I need to answer it in two parts. Mm-hmm. Yes, I do think there are allies. I do think there are white allies for people of color. I know them. They are my friends. Some of them in my circle are really genuine. But then I also think there are people who think they're white allies. And in order for them to feel better and to be able to sleep at night, they need to call their black friends or people in their circle to extend themselves when really, it's really about them feeling better. Mm -hmm. And I feel like that is where we need to really be clear and really be honest about that because there are people who have called me during this time. This is a really hard time. I'm a black woman with a child. I live in a white neighborhood. I'm the board president of my building, all white building. There are no other black people in my building. And there are some racist people in my building. And some people have reached, who, who are trying to fight this cause, but never checked in with me about how I felt in this environment. So this is a really tense time for me rather than checking in on me to see how things are, you know, they want to feel good about, I called my black friend because that makes me a good person. And I think that's where we have to walk the line. But then there are other whites who are my friends, my sisters, my brothers who are clear and who not only jump in to, to, to activate the cause, but also genuinely care about me. How do they do that? They do that by sending food to my house because they know we can't leave at a certain time. How do they do that? They do that by showing up to these protests. They do that by using their whiteness to protect other black people from being shot at with rubber bullets. Like some people are willing to go that far. And so I think that there's an opportunity to not just talk the talk, but actually walk the walk. Amen. 
And what would you say to those who weren't either of those? What would you say to the white radicals? I would say to white radicals who are what, left or right? Like, like be more specific. Radical in what way? Who are basically against Black Lives Matter, who are white supremacists, who are still KKK members, who are still, fuck all y'all, we white power. I would, you I would to say to them, there, there is a part of you that really needs to figure out why you hate yourself so much. Mm. Mm. Because mm. there is only one reason for someone to hate somebody else is because they hate themselves so much and they have no place to put that hate so they have to project it outward toward this very thing that is the opposite of them. Wow. Mm. So I would ask them, why do you hate yourself so much? Mm-hmm. Because your hate has absolutely nothing to do with me or any person that looks like me. Yeah. Beautifully said. Yeah. That's great. Another question I have, um, and this I recently had to ask myself um, as I grow as a young white man in this world, um, are people different? Um, are we the same? Um, and how do we have that conversation if we are different, if we are the same? What, uh, what are your thoughts on that? I don't think that people are different. And I know that may sound very naive, but I think if you peel back all the layers and if you just peel back some of the experiences that have made the little girl a little boy and you cry and all the things that have hurt, hurt you as a child and those hard upbringings and really get down to the essence of the person, I think we are all the same. I think we want to be loved. I think we want to give love. And I think that we want to see ourselves grow and move into the future. I think we all want and have the same desires and are made of the same mercury and stardust and clouds and all the beautiful things that God put inside of each person. Mm -hmm. And so when we figure out that, when we figure that out and when we embrace that, I think that we will find that we all are full of love and want to be loved by each other. In these times, is it going to have to recognize that we're different to understand that we are the same? Like it's- And I think that's, that's interesting. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Um, That I think once we do realize that we are the same, then we can celebrate our differences. I love that. I love that. I love that. You know, mm-hmm. once we realize like we're all just human, we're all just like you said, want to be loved. Then we feel like, yeah, I can recognize that my skin tone is different or my hair is different or that, you know, I can sing or you can dance or you can, you know, I and think. proud of those things. Yeah. I mean, I think for so long yeah. uh, for people of color, I know, I know the day before I've ever went into any job, I've always panicked. And I used to think it's because I'm starting something new. Mm-hmm. But the fact is, it's not only am I starting something new, I'm starting something new at a predominantly white place and I need to know how I'm going to be accepted Mm -hmm. and how I need to behave. Mm -hmm. Um, That starts with every time I start to work, it's like, oh, I can't grow my hair out into a fro if I want to. I need to have it cut because I know that that might scare them. Um, I know that I need to not have on certain pants. Like It's just a different thought process going into when someone who's black, speaking from experience, starts to work. Then I think that someone white and I'm, I'm, and, but then talking about 
things that are the same, we do go to bed at night and we're like, well, what am I going to wear on my first day of work? Those are the things that are the same. What am I going to do? But I think the worry behind those are a little bit different. Mm -hmm. It's like we all worry about what we're going to wear the first day, but we're all worrying about it for a different reason. Mm -hmm. and, and I think that those are the things that we really have to think about. And, and those are the conversations that we need to have. I think we're so scared to have conversations and something you said earlier, Brayden, like have those conversations with our black friends, our white friends. And, you know, I had to call a couple of white friends the other day and say, hey, what's up? Like, I just want to talk to you because I haven't heard from you and I'm actually scared. I'm a little terrified. Um, and it was very good conversations. And I know Ashley's had some conversations mm -hmm. like we, we've opened those doors because I think that it's very important to do so. Mm -hmm. And I think you just said something that kind of pivots back to the whole protest thing. You know, people are bubbling over because just like you said, we are thinking about, oh, I have to go to this new job tomorrow. What do I wear? We are constantly in a, in a state of, oh my god I don't want to scare people away because I'm black and that might mean something else or oh my god I have to do this thing because I don't want you know it's a constant state of we're on edge constantly 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 and I just want us to get to a place where we can be at ease that is just and, be at ease in all areas yeah and Mary you yeah. add other I mean, levels to that you add other levels to first of all you're already black but then you're going to work as a black woman. So that's completely different. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to work as a black gay man. That's a whole different, when you add the other adjectives that go along with your skin tone, it then turns into, well, I can't get no sleep. I can't, I can't get no rest. I'm showing up to work and it's like. Right, and that's only one, I can say 34th. I'm gonna go so far as to say 134th of a fraction of what our ancestors as slaves had to deal with oh. on the plantation. I never would have made it. I, this is a little bit. Yeah, I was just talking to, I was talking to Go Chris the other, uh, yesterday, and I was just like, uh, I saw marching, and I just started busting and crying. I cry every day now, and I was just like, how? Even just our parents, not even slaves, our parents, how did they go through this without crying and breaking down every day? And I mean, I guess it's just like routine and normalcy, but it's just like, it's really emotionally draining. Like I am drained. I can't sleep. It is. I can't it sleep. Is. And that's why we have chronic disease. That's why we have high blood pressure. That's why we have diabetes. All of these things are epic memory passed on generations because of the constant stress and duress that we live in as people of color. Mm -hmm. But I digress. <laughs> <laughs> That's an excellent point. That's an excellent point because even with coronavirus, black communities are affected at a higher rate than white communities. Why is that? Because of the years of stress. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's right, Brayden. That's right. It's, it's, it's so much. Let all that marinate. I think it's just so important. And, you know, the entertainment industry is going to be changing. Yeah. Uh, so really kind of talking about that, you know, we're under COVID. We got a lot going on right now. That's a, we're, we're in a, basically a race war. Let's just call it what it is. I mean, it's, it started. Like, so we've already kind of talked about jobs. So, Miriam, what have you seen in the entertainment industry and your experience being a black woman who's a creator, a writer, an actress, all of that? What, do you, what, have you, what experiences have you had in the entertainment industry where you felt that you've been racially profiled or something hasn't felt right or you haven't felt like you can fully be yourself in a room? Mm -hmm. 
Woo! Um, <laughs> take your time. Take your time. <laughs> As they say in church, take your time. Take your time, baby. <laughs> right, baby. Um, fortunately, recently that has not happened as I am matriculating, if you will, through this Hollywood system as a writer. Mm-hmm. But I will say that I have experienced a level of sexism in the rooms where, probably... produce... <laughs> where producers <laughs> have felt the it was appropriate to ask me about my personal life, to ask me about my um, relationship status, to dig into things that is none of their business that does not pertain to the work environment or situation mm-hmm. right. made me feel um, like they were watching me in a way that was inappropriate. And even though I was the only woman in the room, and primarily I'm mostly always the only woman in the room, I, all of my reps are men. The mm-hmm. meetings that I take are mostly with men, male executives, producers. Mm-hmm. And I had to thank God I'm in my body that I can stand on my own and say what needs to be said. But there are other people, other creators, other artists who are not, who don't have the um, acuity of voice to say what needs to be said in those moments. And so I find that I'm able to navigate those, mm-hmm. but it's not easy. It's very hard. Um, and recently, you know, I find that people are seeking writers of color, particularly women of color. Mm-hmm. So this has been a good year for me, actually, in terms of writing. But prior to that, it hasn't been a race thing, but it's definitely been a sex thing. It's definitely been a misogynistic environment that I've had to, um, uh, you know, uh, what's the word, metaphorically punch people in the mouth. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes sometimes they, need a, they need a little hands. Sometimes they need some hands. I totally hear that. Um, yeah, I mean, do you think this will change the business going forward with everything happened? Because I saw something on, was it Facebook or Twitter? Probably both. The other day that said, what happened prior to March 13th, we will never go back to that time. Yeah. Like, we, we will never go back. You know, I think we were close with the whole Harvey Weinstein thing, like at the Me Too. I think we were so close to seeing some real change. Uh-huh. I don't know. I'm not sure what we'll I don't know. I think. I think now that we're in this quote-unquote race war. I think COVID, I think being in a house for five months now, 100 months, 100 days, 200,000 years, I think we <laughs> feel a level of, you know, just duress. And I'm just wondering how it's going to look. I don't have an answer. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. I know. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's a lot. It's, it's mentally draining it's so draining and it's just so i feel so sad and helpless and it's like i what else can i do mm-hmm. i mean i know i could you know go to marches and stuff like that but i have a record so <laughs> oh, i can't i can't be going through all that <laughs> so i donate <laughs> well speaking of donating and on adam's point anyone out there listening there's a lot of places to donate right now the george Floyd memorial fund uh minnesota freedom fund the black visions collective the Reclaim the Block, Campaign Zero, 
and Unicorn Riot. And you can definitely find those. We have shared that on our Instagram page at and Pride Facebook. the Series mm -hmm. and Facebook Pride the Series and Twitter as well. You can find any of those. Please go out and donate. Not everyone is meant to be out marching on the front lines. I completely mm -hmm. understand that there are some people that that's not for them. As Adam say, he got a record. <laughs> he don't want to do that. <laughs> but there are um, other ways to participate and to donate and to be a part. So mm -hmm. again, please go to Pride the Series on all social media channels and you can definitely see those places to donate mm -hmm. and we'll also put those links in the description of this episode miriam before we wrap, wrap up quickly as the writer of pride the series it being pride month with all of these protests happening what is something that you as the, one of the main voices of our shows what can we do as a cast of pride the series to celebrate the lgbtq community and also the poc community at the same time or i think not I think that we should, as a community, all of us, should lift the voices of our LGBTQ community and our POC community in the best way that we possibly can every day. I think we should weaponize our social media platforms because that's what they're there for. I think that we all should not be afraid to do whatever we can in whatever way we can and however that looks to move the agenda forward. I don't want to be specific because everybody is their own individual person, but you know what that means for you. Take a moment, take an idea, take an impression, take a photo, whatever that is, and push it out there and not be afraid because we can only change this as an army that we are as a community that we are one day, one moment, one click at a time. Beautifully said. Absolutely. Yeah. Miriam, thank you so much for speaking with us. You were just preaching over here and I was getting the word. I hope our listeners are getting the word. Yes, I hope so too. I, <laughs> I can't wait for at least Corona to stop. I know we're in the long haul fight for, for justice mean, and, and equality. I ain't been on a plane in, in six months, so I'm, I'm over I know you was itching because you know. stay on a plane. <laughs> you stay on a right. plane. Right, so you know. Well, the first opportunity, we'll definitely be coming out to LA and hopefully we'll see you also in New York City. Awesome. I'm so glad to talk to my family. I love you guys. Keep doing everything that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me on Pride the Series, everyone. If you haven't seen it, check it out. It's on Amazon. We're coming back and we're doing some big, big things. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. It's going to be so great. And Miriam, we are blessed to have you a part of that. What's going on in the world now is definitely going to affect our show in the most positive way going forward. And we cannot wait to see what you and Scott Sickles come up with. You guys are so amazing and we love you, Miriam. We love you. Thank you, everyone, you for joining us. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right, and we're back. Wow, Miriam, she I love her. She took me to church, man. Yeah, she was just speaking the truth and she says it in such a way that like just rings true, you know? Mm -hmm. She's literally a writer and mm -hmm. speaker and mm -hmm. she's such a curator, like the way that she yeah. she just talks and and the experiences that you know she's been through and still going through mm -hmm. so it was a blessing to have her on this episode absolutely yeah. well i just you know everyone please stay safe out there and act up speak out don't be silent and it, you know united we stand divided we fall everybody has to speak up 
And this is, uh, this is not just a black issue, it's a human issue. And everybody should be outraged. And, you know, like we were saying earlier, not everybody has to go and necessarily protest. That's not for everybody, but everybody should be doing something, you know? And there are different things that you can listen to and watch and read. And Yeah, so for anybody interested, uh, you can watch 13th, which is on Netflix, American Sun, Netflix, Dear White People, Netflix. If Beale Street Could Talk, you can find that on Hulu. Uh, King in the Wilderness, HBO. See You Yesterday, Netflix. The Hate You Give, Cinemax. Mm. And When They See Us, Netflix. The uh, Hate You Give is one uh, of my favorite. Oh, I, I, I still say balling. It will be a tough watch, but... You know what? We need to have these tough, awkward, uncomfortable conversations. Mm -hmm. And I think for anyone out there who um, may be white and they're like, how can I understand this better? Those are a very good place to start. Mm -hmm. I just made a really good post on Facebook. So please. <laughs> <laughs> I'm back in Facebook. I'm back at Facebook. You are back. You are back in Facebook, like hard, like liking posts, liking pictures, <laughs> pictures from a long time ago. I was like, "Bro, you just mess up posted this." <laughs> like, yeah, well, yeah, I've had my like activity log that I have to improve or whatever. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Years and years and years and years. And y'all know I don't like notifications, so I just had to. I hate notifications. <laughs> yeah, you went through that and approved a lot of stuff with a vengeance, and even with family, I don't give a shit. Girl. Love is love. And if you ain't love, you ain't a part of my life, no matter the blood. Okay. There you go. Know, that's right. Speaking to Miriam his... taught me that. She just texted me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, understand that. I was like, really? <laughs> <laughs> um, also, I want to say anybody who wants to take action that's not necessarily going out and being on the front lines, um, you can text Floyd. That's F-L-O-Y-D to 55156. That's 55156 to demand all four officers involved with Floyd's death be charged and arrested. And then you can call DA Michael Freeman at 612-324-4499 to demand all four officers be charged and arrested. And you can contact your congresspeople and ask them to support Reps Presley and Omar's resolution condemning police brutality. That's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, just to reiterate earlier, I talked about um, where to donate. I kind of want to give our listeners a little bit more about each place that I named, just so you know. Uh, so obviously, the George Floyd Memorial Fund, it is on GoFundMe. Um, it is by his family. So I think a lot of times people out there don't know where to donate or if their money is being put toward something real or useful. So mm -hmm. please know that that is the official uh, GoFundMe to support the Floyd family is GoFundMe.com slash F slash George Floyd. So that is the official one from his family. Um, so please definitely go to that. The Minnesota Freedom Fund, uh, just so everyone knows what that is, that is the community-based nonprofit that pays criminal bail and immigration bonds for individuals who have been arrested while protesting police brutality. So that one is very important. There's so many people who have been arrested um, in Minnesota and just around the world, honestly, who are protesting this. So please go to that one. Uh, Black Visions Collective. 
This is a black trans and queer led organization. It is committed to dismantling systems of oppression and violence and shifting the public narrative to create transformative long-term change. Um, as a queer show, um, being having trans people in our show and in our lives um, and being a black creative, it is very, very important uh, to definitely donate to that fund as well. There is the Reclaim the Block. This is a coalition that advocates for and invests in the community-led safety initiatives in Minneapolis neighborhoods. Uh, the neighborhoods are being affected by this. Those are those that you see where um, people aren't getting much help and people aren't getting um, the things that they need in the neighborhood because, as you remember, we are still going through COVID. The disenfranchised. Uh, the, absolutely, the disenfranchised. We definitely mm -hmm. need to look in that. The people who were getting help before with COVID, getting groceries and stuff delivered to them mm -hmm. that aren't honestly can't get that now due to curfews put in place and things like that, please go to that. You can definitely help. Uh, Campaign Zero, this is an online platform and organization that utilizes research-based po uh, policy solutions to end police brutality in America. This is for those people, as we talked about earlier, if you can't go out, um, you don't feel that marching is for you, this is definitely something that I think um, would definitely help a lot of those people who are looking for somewhere to start. That's why it's called Ground Zero. Uh, Unicorn Riot, the nonprofit organization that is dedicated to exposing root causes of uh, dynamic social and environmental issues. Definitely uh, take a look at this. This is all going to be on our social media handles prior to the series, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, also, you can see it on my personal social media at Darrell Anthony as well. Mm -hmm. um, please continue to vote. Please continue to go out. Um, there's a lot of primaries and voting that is happening in some local places today. Please research those places know where they are if you are there please go out it's interesting that the curfew has been put in place i was gonna say yeah if you places. are um an essential worker and you have to be out past curfew please be safe mm -hmm. travel in numbers if you can um that's one thing i learned and also if you like never be caught out anywhere without id mm -hmm. anytime anywhere it doesn't matter if you're going to the grocery store if you just run to the bodega all it takes is one second, and then you ain't got your ID, and then it's a, it's an entire thing. So yeah. just be safe out there. And guys. Adam will tell you, don't miss your pocket with your ID. Ugh. Oh, God. Yeah. That poor thing. Yeah, he lost it. But he found it, because there's good people there. Were, there yeah, I lost my wallet, and then this uh, really sweet woman found it, DM'd me, and I got it back. Thank God. Yeah. Thank you, lady. Hope you're listening. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, guys, thank you so much for joining us for yeah. another episode of Pride the Podcast. It is a somber time right now, but, you know, we're here to help you out. If you need to talk, if you need to vent, if you have any questions, please uh, DM us on social media. Uh, you can also email us at prideTheSeries at gmail.com. Mm -hmm. um, and you can also slide in my DMs if you want to talk. It's Boxed Wine Poppy with a zero on Instagram and Twitter. Mm -hmm. And you can um, slide in my DMs at Ashley Aaron M on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. And you can slide in my DMs at Mr. Braden Bradley on Instagram and Twitter. And I want to give a special shout out to our moderator today, Miss Joy Behar. <laughs> Thank you so much. You know, I'm so glad that Whoopi is back from being out. Um, she was sick, but she is back. So thank you so much. Um, You're so welcome. Thank you, Joy. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> I love you all and I love everyone listening and we'll see you next Wednesday for another episode of Pride the Series where we continue our Pride Month. Yeah, so get ready for that.
<laughs> Be safe. We love you. Bye. Bye. Bye.